Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. Um, let's do something a bit different. I, I, you know, I used to have a radio show uh, about beer, and I got to do a little bit of opinion-based stuff on there, too, and I kind of missed that format, and, and uh, figured just kind of bring that back, kind of just pick at topics Pick it, ramble on for a bit. I'm going to do loose preparation on it. I'm not going to say I'm going to go into a blind, but do a little bit of loose prep for it. But, uh, again, it's just me skimming the Internet just to try to get my thoughts together. That's pretty much it. I'm going to shoot through the hip from the hip, which they typically do. So I might miss some points. I might be a little factually incorrect, but it's basically opinion-based shit anyway. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. So, anyway, uh, first week, what are we going to do? Uh, I had a couple different things. We're going to cover, uh, I have a bunch of subjects written down. I'm going to go over manufactured rarity. That's a big one. I'm going to probably cover that one next. Uh, we're going to go over, uh, you know, ingredients and in beer and what we really know, shit like that. And, um, you know what I mean? The, the golden age of beer, which I actually think we're in right now. Um, and a bunch of different things. But I figured I'd start off with um, what everybody pretty much starts off with. So call me whatever about that, and that is IPAs. I'm not going to cover, um, you know, some people, you know, think about, um, is it is it the downfall, or is it IPAs destroying beer? I'm not going to do that angle. That angle's been beaten to a pulp by 19 billion different people. Um, and uh, a lot of different, which one's best, New England and IPA style. I'm not going to go that. What I'm basically going to, I'm going to talk about is my thoughts about why. Why IPAs roll the roost. Do you know what I mean? And what is going on with them where I think that it's like a little a lot of people miss the mark. So cut to the chase first off, IPAs. Why are they so freaking popular? Um, I think it's very, very, very simple. It's a twofold thing um, for me. One, fast, quick, easy. Um, I think beer, like I just mentioned earlier, I think we're actually right now in the golden age of beer. I don't think beer's been ever been as popular as far as feverish kind of um, love for beer than it is right now. And uh, I believe when this all happened originally, I would say probably when people really started to freak out about beer about five years ago or so, maybe seven years ago. I mean, really freak out. Um, I think there was like, brewers were like, okay, we need to figure out what we're doing here. We need to push a beer that helps us. And I think IPA was a logical choice for that because of the turnover on it. Um, you know what I mean? Not necessarily, I mean, I'm going I'm to toss out words like quick and cheap. I'm not going to, you know, a beer is as good as you make it with great ingredients. So it, it, take that for, you know, with a grain of salt. But uh, it's one of the quickest and cheapest with impact beers that you can actually brew. You know what I mean? You know, you throw your, you know, a Kolsch out of the window or Pilsner out the window or something like that, that you can turn around super quick. Um, you're talking about an IPA or a double IPA or even just a base pale ale. You're talking about from the time you actually brew it to the time where you can serve it is a relatively small window. Um, and, you know what I mean, throw in the factor of hops kind of being in the mix and being one of the things that we've been trained to um, feel that drop off so quick that we need to gobble it up. It was almost a perfect kind of marriage. So you're talking about 
back in the day, it was very difficult to kind of keep a brewery afloat, especially a new one. Um, you know, they wanted a kind of, brewers definitely wanted to um, provide a beer that they know could be drank, drank a lot of, and turned over really quick. So it was you know, a conscious decision. A brewery wasn't, especially back in the day, wasn't going to sit there and be like, I'm going to start a brewery that just makes imperial stouts in barley wines. You know what I mean? Something that's going to tie up their system for ages, and it's going to sit around, and they're not going to be able to produce beer nearly as fast, and they won't have the capital or money to keep afloat and get through the lean years to get to the thick years. So I think it was a super conscious, conscious decision when beer was just about to explode to push the IPA, um, to push the pale ale, to push the double IPA, because it was like, okay, we can produce this thing that can have impact, can be very um, very visceral, and we'll get to that. That's the cuss of the whole argument I think I'm bringing up here. And we can turn it over quick, and we can make a buck. Not necessarily like all breweries were just about making a buck that's not what i'm trying to say but it was definitely one of the kind of um one of the more profitable ways to go so i think they pushed the ipa for that reason for i think the ipa was pushed by a joint effort by a lot of these breweries to um to become the beer that everybody should like you know it, it, it's kind of like why does everybody like ipas well i think we we're told to like ipas so therefore we like them now why do we actually like IPAs um, outside of that? Because you can't just tell somebody to like something and have them like it. You can be like, eat this piece of shit, you'll love it. No, it's not how it works. It has to be a combination of drink this, drink this, drink this, enough to where the person's like, wow, I really do like this. Because it's a little bit of learning curve when it comes to IPAs. A lot of people aren't used to the kind of uh, bitterness because even in a lot of these new New England-style IPAs, um, even with how sweet they are, um, they do have that big bittering component. It takes a little bit of kind of training to get into that. Why do we actually like IPAs? More specifically, let's work our way up to the newer school kind of, you know, imperial double IPAs and things like that. Impact. Uh, simple impact. When I talk about people just getting into beer, um, it's more like, the past, I usually kind of put it right around the year 2010 is when I put the the people, f f generic people, normies as I like to call them, getting into beer. Sure, there's a lot of people that were into beer way before that. I was into beer way before that. There's people into beer way before me. And there's people in beer after me that don't fall into, I guess you could say, the kind of corridor or whatever sandwich that I'm going to put them in. But you're talking about a simple flavor. You're talking about bitter. Do you know what I mean? And while it does take a little bit of time for people to get accustomed to that, it's not the bitter that it was kind of um, bashed by the original kind of macro brewers that are like bitter beers, sucker, whatever. It's more of a proper bittering, especially with your West Coast IPA that kind of went out there. Even your East Coast IPAs that were like more fruit-leaning instead of piney, uh, they were bitter. They were more pithy and stuff like that. But it was a very singular note thing that a lot of people could wrap their brain around. Uh, this might come off very condescending and very fucking whatever. So take it for what it's worth. But with people getting into beer, combined with human nature, you want to present them with a flavor that doesn't take much. doesn't take much to process. 
um, you, you know, you give the per someone very nuanced flavors when it comes to whatever it may be, whether it be food, whether it be, you know what I mean, wine. And when it comes to beer, you give them very nuanced flavors. It might be just a little like, oh, it just kind of tastes like nothing. Because, you know, to really enjoy something like that, you kind of have to fuck with it for a while. Um, you're just not going to pick up on those things. So, you know, to throw hops out there and be like, okay, we're going to slap people across the face with these flavors, it, it, it's going to be so simple. They're just going to, might not like it at first, but there might be something curious about it for them, or they might just gravitate towards it immediately. Um, it's going to be something easy to grab, grasp onto. You don't have to be nuanced. You don't have to be, uh, like, have this kind of uber refined palate. You're just like, there's a flavor. I like it. Give me more. Very caveman. Very basic. Just very, ugh, give me hops. So you had that kind of thing going on at the beginning of all of this. Now, when all that's kind of being kind of building. So people are getting into these IPAs, you know, your Stones, your 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 Plinies, your um your 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 Sierra Nevada beers, your um those kind of new school kind or old school new school old school kind of IPAs that were just these bitter west coast kind of IPAs, new school east coasty kind of IPAs that had this bitterness going on. All these people are getting into these beers, and they're just, like, gravitating toward these singular notes. So you have these breweries turning over this product quite quickly, and and you're appealing to the lowest common denominator, which is lack of thought. You just have people just drinking these beers, not having to give much thought to them, other than the fact that, hey, it's beer, and it's doing something. Um, so... Right around then is when all these new school kind of hops started to come out. People started to, you know, crossbreed, cross-pollinate, whatever hops, kind of like they do with weed. And then you started to have all these kind of new kind of hops burst out. And the combination of that, you also had a lot of breweries and brewers start to deliver hops in different fashion. Dogfish had was always doing it. Alchemist was doing it. Things like that to where they started to put hops in different time frames in their beer and, and add them in different portions um, in times and whether it be during actual brewing and boil and fermentation, whatever, to the point where you started to develop new flavors, um, uh, new kind of hop presence in there. So you started to get your more kind of new school, fruitier kind of hops, which could kind of open the door to even a lot bigger group of people. So you had all these people kind of getting into IPAs, a very singular note thing that they could wrap their head around very easily. Um, so this whole big wave of people coming in, because now it's very accessible to them, because now they don't have to think about it. It's very, very simple. I want to drink this. I'm going to drink this. This I can process simply. And then it starts to grow. The hop actually expands. Not necessarily their palates expand, but they kind of like almost like got stunted by the growth of the hop to the where it's now like they were like, okay, I can understand this one singular hop. Now it's like, oh my God, there's more hops coming out. Now I can grasp these other hops. So still it's more like, okay, the difference between, you know, a chocolate ice cream and a vanilla ice cream. It's still just ice cream, you know what I mean? Sugar and, you know what I mean, and lactose. And it is simple. There's this little variance on top of it. So then you start to have this kind of explosion with hops. So you're talking about growing these group of people to love this singular thing that they already loved, and there's new windows opening up, and that's like, oh my god, now we can invite more people in because the other people who didn't get down with the old school, just straight West Coast bittering kind of IPA, self 
included, started to get a little bit more interested in IPAs because they weren't just bitter hot bombs, you know what I mean, that were just straight up pine or that thing or the other. That's why I didn't like them. For a long time, I didn't like IPAs because I just didn't get, I didn't like that flavor profile. Um, I enjoy, I do enjoy myself some New England style IPAs, some hazy IPAs for a couple different reasons and hops are definitely one of them because they've kind of skewed to me. You know what I mean? Hops grew to like me, not me like them. Anyway, um, so then you have that kind of wave come along where you start to get all these kind of new kind of hops, different ways to use the hops, different ways to kind of present them in there, whether it be from different time frames or dry hopping and things like that. And then your New England IPA kind of shows up on the scene. Your really hazy, turbid kind of, you know, New England style IPA that started off, you know what I mean? It, it started off with just base, you know, just extra kind of yeasties, um, Vermont-based yeast, English-based yeast, European-based yeast to kind of prop up those hops to kind of let them sit there and coat your tongue and kind of present a more kind of flavorful hop profile. So again, now you're taking the ice cream and you are deep frying it or you're caramelizing it. So you're taking still the base flavor that everybody fucking loves that is singular that they can per that they can wrap their head around because there's really not much nuance going on and kind of elevate that singular thing. So, drink time. I'm talking a lot. So then you start elevating that portion of the show to where now, think about it this way. It's like, it's like if, imagine if you made like a, a nice tea or a milk, you know, chocolate milk. And, there's, and it, the reason why chocolate milk works better in water, or excuse me, better in milk than it does in water, this milk is more creamier. That's part of it, but it's also denser. There's more to, there's more suspension to it. You know what I mean? It, it, it props up that chocolate. It's soluble, and it props it up. And that's kind of how the whole New England IPA thing works, if you want to work on that kind of basis. You know what I mean? If you were to actually put iced tea mix in some kind of, like, if you put some kind of, like, non-tasteable uh, flour in there and then prop that iced tea mix up, it would be so much more intense. So you're kind of just coating your tongue more with more of those kind of flavors and kind of throwing it up there. Your combination of the yeast bring a little bit of flavor, maybe, things like that. Then you start to have even more robust flavors on top of what the hops are being delivered. So you end up having this flavor that was... I wouldn't say singular or more like skewed to one portion of the show, which was bittering. And even if it was sweet, it was still bittering. Um, and kind of open up to where you're starting to get more, not just bitter and piney, you're starting to get more fruit flavors and every day a new hop comes out and then you're starting to use it in different ways. You're like, holy shit, this tastes like grapefruit. Yada, yada, yada. Now roll into today. You have those same groups of people, new waves coming in the door. Their friends introducing them to other beers. And you have brewers kind of double down. And this is kind of where beers are kind of jumping the shark for me, derailing the shit out of themselves now. And it's been going on for a bit now. And people just choose not to fucking deal with it, which is just how much, how sweet IPAs and double IPAs and pale ales have gotten as of late is fucking ridiculous. So they take, you know, they drive this bittering up this hopping up to the point where the hops are out of control and what they're doing is they're jacking up these beers not just using malt but using like easily digestible sugars to kind of bump ABV and then kind of bump a little bit of mouthfeel maybe and bump a little bit of kind of that 
uh, feel of the beer. Because, you know, sugars in beer typically, when you use them, you add sugar to beer. You're not necessarily making the beer sweeter. What you're doing is you're adding fuel to the yeast. So it kind of ends up becoming more drier, if anything. And you can kind of prop up those hops and make it a bit more kind of, um, what's the word, robust. Um, but it's it's I want I'm gonna say it seems because I you know I don't know the inner workings of a lot of these breweries so for what they do, you know they're their own trade secrets. But Danwell, if I wouldn't bet, left, bet my left testicle, almost all these breweries are absolutely without a doubt going out of their way to add too much digestible sugars to their beers to where they're purposely leaning over residual sugars to where they're actually are sweetening their beers now. So what you're doing now is you're getting these super bitter, bitter, crazy bitter beers with so much hops in them that now don't taste super bitter because there's so much sugar in these. They're so sweet that that's where you're getting your juice bombs. That's where you're getting your super juicy beers. You're basically drinking sugar water with a bunch of dry hopping in it. And it's, and it's, and it's kind of on its most basic level fucking genius. Because what you're doing is you're giving the human body super sweetness and super bitterness. You're giving them a roller coaster ride in their mouth without them even knowing a lot of times. And people be like, oh, it's kind of sweet. It's not that sweet. No, these beers are fucking insanely fucking sweet. Perceptionally, you're not really picking it up. But your tongue and your body is way fucking smarter than your actual brain. You know what I mean? In this sense. In that it's actually like, holy shit, these things are so fucking sweet. Yet they are so fucking bitter. This is tearing me in both directions. Your body, it's literally like almost like a crack cocaine version of a beer. So when people sit here, which is the cusp of the question, which I originally posed, why IPAs? That's why. It's not a combination of one thing. IPAs are the best beer. It's not that. They could be for you. But why they're so big is, one, training. Do you know what I mean? We're pushed beers by... IPAs were pushed by brewers because of marketing, because of turnaround, because of... That was the quickest and most impactful thing they could do and turn around quick enough to make a buck. Do you know what I mean? Combine that with... Do you know what I mean? The... um, growth of the hop itself to actually go from just not a singular note but more basic kind of your old school hops to a new varietals that actually took a core of people um and let them grow in in kind of introduce their friends into all these different kind of beers but at first you know back in that day you give it to somebody be like i don't like this this is this is bitter now you can give that person be like i don't like this is bitter be like oh really you don't like this one try this one be like wow that one's actually nice it's it's more fruity or whatever so there's more options within that singular flavor that's easy again to wrap your brain around there's really not much thought process needed in that and um you know broaching it out kind of propping it up, putting it on steroids, a bit more kind of suspension with yeast and things like that, and whether it be even flour that some brewers use, which is not a big deal. Fucking wheat flour, oats, whatever. Propping it up in different ways. It tastes good. It tastes fucking good. I'm not bitching or moaning about that shit. I'm just saying different ways to kind of in- intensify the flavors. Then you combine that with the, now, with the fucking bludgeoningly sweetness of these IPAs. It's just literally every iteration. It's like professional wrestling. And I'm not even a wrestler, and I know this. This is like every year the guys get more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster, and more jacked up on every fucking human growth hormone till they become cartoon characters. And that's kind of what these beers are turning into. But it's also an easily perceptible flavor. 
You know what I mean? You're talking about getting somebody in the beer, and if I say, here, here's a, a subtle 5% funky beer made with wild yeast that's pretty, you know what I mean? It's crazy, but the person drinks it, and all they taste is dry chalkiness because not necessarily to say, like, I know better than these people. You like what you like. Like what you fucking like, man. I don't give two fucks. But to give that person and put that side by side with, you know what I mean, something bigger, something a bit more robust that is easily detectable. Again, crack cocaine versus caffeine. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Not necessarily saying caffeine is, you know what I mean, nuanced or whatnot, but it's that is the reason why IPAs are so big nowadays. The combination of brewers wanting them to be. More, or not just brewers, I should say, people that own beer, because I think it also comes from, you know, the macro side of things also. Um, and, uh, you know, simplicity of perception when it comes to hop forward beers, to really not have to think about it, to be like, it's in your face, it's garlic, you know what I mean? It's garlic, it's salt, it's really, you're not, you're not dealing with fucking upper level nuance here. And, and then you throw in sweetness, and you're giving everybody what they typically love. When it comes to flavors, you're giving them impact and turmoil. And that's why hops and, and IPAs rule the roost. Now, is that going to change? Let's get to that portion of the show. Do I think it's going to change? Yes. Do I think it's going to change in my lifetime? No. Um, and here's the other reason why. Beer is new. I talked about beer being the golden age. And I'll probably do a whole other one of these on the golden age of beer. But... We are, I believe, in the golden age of beer. Um, it, you know, uh, the original, you know, I guess you would say the industrial revolution of beer was the original OG, you know, your, your you know, um, your anchor steams, your, you know, Sierra Nevadas, your, you know, your rogues of the world kind of coming to fruition. That was the industrial revolution. But right now, there's so many breweries. And so many um, breweries popping up every second. And so many people getting into beer. The reason why the IPA is not going to go anywhere soon, because this is the first wave of people getting into beer. In the bulk. Like I said, there's tons of people in the beer before me, tons of people after me. But as far as the amount of people in the beer now, it's fucking insane. It's beyond insane. Do you know what I mean? Like... I, I can't even tell you how fathom. I actually sit back and I just can't even wrap my head around how many people are in the beer right now. Like I, you know, when I, you know, when I got into beer right around, you know, two thousand. Once I started getting into beer, it was actually a really big treat for me to find somebody that was into beer. You know what I mean? I would actually bump into somebody and be like, "Oh my god, you're in the fucking beer." You know what I mean? And it would happen like once, maybe twice a year, maybe. You know, social media has changed things, too, so back then it was a little bit different. But um, as far as finding people in the beer, I should say, and as far as spreading beer in general, but back then it was just like, holy shit, you're in the beer? I, we should be friends, because this is kind of weird to meet somebody that's in the beer. Fast forward to today, or even the past, more specifically the past couple years, past probably a three or four years, it's insane. I, if I meet somebody and they're not in the beer, I'm like, that's weird, you're not in the beer. Like, everybody's in the beer. I can go to a fucking, I can go to a local fucking brew pub. Obviously, most people in there are going to be in the beer. But I can go to your local shit fucking Mick, Mick Rib House that is, like, Applebee's. What, I don't go to fucking Applebee's. I'm saying if I were to go to Applebee's, chances are the person sitting next to the, me at the bar is going to order something that is, you know, kind of crafty, for the lack of a better word. 
And if I go to even middle of the road places, it's insane the amount of people. If you actually order good beer, you kind of you know people want to come up to you and talk to you about it. It's insane how many people are into beer, and that's only in the past several years. I mean, I would say with at least you know starting to 2010, if not even later than that, people getting into beer. So then you have all these people getting into beer that were never in it before. So you have this core group of super old school heads and some older heads. And then you have this new wave of people that are literally, you know, babies when it comes to beer and when it comes to what they know. You know what I mean? That that is all they know. All they know is hops. You know what I mean? To to a good portion of these people. Sure, there's the whole I love sour portion of the show people. And then there's whole, hey, give me those adjunct laden fucking stouts form people. Then there's the new hipster version of like only cultures and pilsners are cool. I love all those versions of beers, but those are like sex of beers that are jumping up. But a, a portion, a good portion um, of people are just into hopped up beers. So you have all these people discovering these flavors. And these people long, when you give the person that's just in the hoppy beers long enough, they will branch out and they will start to change their flavor palettes to will evolve to start to change their change their favorite flavors and and things like that to where they will evolve past that most of them will some will stick with that and there's nothing wrong with that some people like cucumbers pickled you know what i mean so but you have these i would say like 80 percent of the people in the beer right now are just in the singular flavor they haven't had time to evolve past that they haven't had time to kind of uh, develop not even just the perception of how to taste things but just the seeking curiosity to find out what's different so when they get bored with these flavors when they get kind of kind of like what else is out there that's when beer will start to open up but then you'll have another wave of people that'll come in and they'll love the hop portion or so so it'll, it'll be heavily weighted in the hop side of things i think for quite a while um until you have a few generations of hop lovers um that have graduated further beyond that. And then you start to see an evening playing field. You start people are graduating to malt and yeast and sours and bacteria and things like that. And then you start to see a bit of leveling out. And it's eventually going to happen, but it's going to take a while. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. I think it's going to take a generation or two for that to actually happen. Not just generation of beer lovers. I mean, actual generation of my, of humans, um, to get beyond that. So, um, why are IPAs, again, to get to the beginning of the question, why are IPAs so big? Because they're simple and because people feel comfortable around them. They don't feel intimidated by them. They like them. They know they like them. They're readily available. They're easy to get. They have a quick turnover, so brewers love them. And now they're starting to get banged with sugar with all these stickered canned not this one this is you know it's a, a sweeter lager but um these sticker canned beers that are just pounded with sugar and tons of um aggressive hopping to balance everything out that they're just they they appease to the core people and uh yeah for everybody out there wondering why that's fucking why that's my opinion why um so yeah there you go why are ipas rolling a roost that's my two cents um, anyway, how about this one too? They fucking taste good too. If they're done really well, if you have a brewery that really knows what they're doing, um, you know you have to travel a bit to find them. A lot of people are trying to do somebody else's beer. Or everybody's trying to mimic a select few breweries that know what the fuck they're doing. That's a whole other one of these kind of um, editorials. But um, 
you know, when they do it right, they're pretty good stuff. I enjoy them my, myself, so it's not like I'm sitting here kind of sitting on top of a pedestal kind of pooping, trying to poop on, on whoever. I enjoy them from time to time, but that's my two cents on, on why IPAs were rules. So, yeah, let's have a conversation about it. If you think I'm right, if you think I'm wrong, if you thought I missed something, which I probably definitely did because this is all essentially shooting from the hip. So, yeah, um, it's kind of fun, actually. I thought I was going to butcher it. I, was gonna, I knew it was going to be a little longer than normal. Like I said, I, I don't jump cut shit. I don't edit shit. I just kind of shoot from the hip. So, um, um, yeah, it's kind of fun. going to do a couple of these. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Like I said, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to start a discussion, please reach out. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this first one. If you have any suggestions you'd like me to cover, or if you want to come on one of these and do a little panel thing, I keep it small, one or two people, every now and then maybe do like a live panel on, on a couple of these questions, let me know. But uh, yeah, hopefully just start something fun. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Wasn't too boorish, wasn't too, you know, uppity. Um, and I got like 8 billion stink bugs flying around my room right now. It's kind of weird. You probably saw one flying the camera at a point portion of the show but um yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed this um and hopefully uh tune in for more of these and uh hope to see you next time cheers